Super Talk Mississippi media production. Whether you're looking to start a career with no student loans or change careers to land one of the happiest jobs in the world, yep, that's construction, Build Mississippi can help. Visit buildmississippi.com to learn why a career in the trades deserves another look. buildmississippi.com. Your future is waiting. What's up on a Wednesday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Michael Vorky. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Wednesday, April 29th, I think, edition of the Rubble Report podcast. A lot to get into today. Uh, college athletes are getting paid, sort of. Uh, the name, image, and likeness stuff is kind of – they met about it. The, the committee in charge of presenting it to the NCAA or whatever presented their recommendations to, uh, yesterday afternoon – it's interesting to me how it's just oozing out like today and this morning, unless I missed some stuff last night, but like in today's instant news cycle to actually have like something happen one day and then it kind of not get out until the morning is interesting to me. Uh, we've got some old Miss basketball news. Keith Carter spoke yesterday about the possibility of, uh, of when he could get athletes back on campus football season, uh, that type of stuff, your typical coronavirus uh, questions and fodder. But a uh, lot to get into today. I don't know where we'll start, but what's up? Probably should start with the fact that uh, Clemson will be looking for a new head football coach. I mean, thoughts and prayers with Clemson University. In these difficult times, I don't know how uh, you replace a, a guy like Dabo Sweeney. I, I mean, he is it, it changed the face of that program, and, and the facilities are so much better, and the money and, and the academic side of Clemson's great, and they're winning titles, and now he's going to have to resign because of what he said when athletes get paid. He said, quote, but as far as paying players, professionalizing college athletics, that's where you lose me. I'll go do something else because there's enough entitlement in the world as it is, end quote. So thoughts and prayers to Clemson. Uh, good luck finding a new football coach right now. You can see the easy lane to where he's going to be able to back off these comments, though. Uh, of just course. In, in it was terms bullshit of, the second he well, said well, it. But. Well, yeah, of course. But like, you can kind of either – you can easily see like the clear-forged path as to how he'll be able to back off these saying, well, I never said they couldn't make money off of endorsements. I just said we shouldn't pay them. Like, you know, that type of thing. He made a general blanket statement, and this is a very restricted – We'll get into all this in a second. A complete non sequitur that I completely forgot to add. We have aliens and nobody gives a shit. We'll get to that at the end of the show. That was the fourth thing I had written down on this uh, immaculate show rundown today that I took me all of 45 minutes to write down. But anyway, let's just it start took you with 45 the minutes to write down the, the podcast notes? No, no, excuse me, excuse me. I had to say all of four to five minutes, oh. not 45. <laughs> I said, yeah, no, missed me. That did not. It's it's, it's shit. like yeah, it's like twenty five words. It did not take me forty five minutes. Four to five minutes, I should have said. Let's uh, we'll get into the Ole Miss news in a, se- a second. But uh, this seems to be kind of flooding the general internet and news me- mainstream uh, media uh, streets as we were recording this. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on everything I've read into it, a focus group that was hired that was kind of put together to explore. Kind of the the way a modern college athlete would be able to profit from his name, image, and likeness was put together to kind of uh, present to kind of present an idea to the NCAA about how this could happen. They presented their recommendations yesterday to the Board of Governors. Is that correct? And basically, yeah, what, like that. 
so they basically just presented all these like possible ways they could do it while the NCAA could still kind of kind of reign supreme on all of this. And uh, basically what's happening now is now they're going to kind of, I don't know if drag your feet is fair because I don't know enough about the process, but they're going to spend the next, you know, seven to nine months kind of crafting this into actual rules and legislation and then come to a vote on in January. Well, today was sort of kind of, today was like kind of a false landmark day. Like they presented the, the kind of blueprint of what this might look like, but you're not going to actually see anything close to a finished product for nine to 12 months and maybe possibly longer than that. But from everything I've read, it seems like best case scenario is to actually vote on legislation would be in January. But uh, nevertheless, a huge step forward in kind of the whole NCAA business model and uh, compensating these athletes that make all of these money for schools. To me, this is a, uh, this is such a tired topic, like in some ways, like with the way it's discussed and the way we discuss things. But uh, the like the way this was presented today was fascinating to me. But that was yeah, kind of the general gist I got up from it. It is a tired topic because there are people that draw their lines in the sand and then just will not cross them. But now it's a little bit different, right? Because uh, it, it feels like it's it's going to happen. It was going to happen regardless because you have politicians, uh, most notably Mitt Romney, uh, on the uh, the federal level, like the national level. We're going to force the NCAA to do this. That was going to happen. It's inevitable. So even if you think this is a bad thing, if you're Dabo Sweeney and need to go find a new job now, as long as he's a man of his word, he needs to go find a new job. Um, it's happening. So now the conversation should shift from should they be allowed? Here's why they should or shouldn't. And now what's going to happen? Because even though they're voting in January, and, and as you said, it could be a while, like a year, which I'm fine with. Take your time to figure it out and get it right. Uh, but it's going to happen regardless, because if the NCAA doesn't do it, you have multiple politicians who are willing and prepared to win press conferences by making this happen. They're forcing the NCAA's hand one way or the other. So this is going to happen. So now the conversation needs to shift from should it, because it, you've drawn your line in the sand. It doesn't matter what you or I think about it anymore. Now it's it's happening. So what does it need to look like? And what are the residual effects going to be from this kind of thing in place? And the, the biggest question, there's a lot of questions. I'm trying to write them all down so we can go through them all on the radio show today unless we go off on tangents, which is fine. It's more entertaining than doing the schedule. But if we get to them all, I think the the key question, the most important thing is, what does this do for the playing field? Because you have a lot of people, and I understand where it comes from, Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans in this state that are scared that it's going to further the, the competitive imbalance. And, and you see it. Like, even media people say this, that, oh, it's only, it's just now the big-name schools, it, they're going to be so much well, so much better okay. now, and and I don't buy that. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, just to interject here real quick, because you were kind of going on the line that I was I was kind of leading this on as well. So in terms of like what does that mean, and because there's a lot to digest here, I found it interesting the way they're like you can already see the I think they're the from the press from the press conference the NTA has issued that I think either went on this morning or still going on right now. The buzzword has kind of been guardrails. Like you can kind of see the way they're going to control this. And this is nowhere going like this is not going to be anywhere close to an open or free market where dudes are just, you know, 
anyone that offers them any sort of money for any sort of product or service or whatever, they're going to be able to do it. That's not how it's going to happen at all. And with the, like, one of the things that was key to me with where you were going with that in terms of like, well, the rich just get richer and the poor don't get poorer. Like, to me, largely the status quo is like, with regards to that, is going to remain because the big thing that they emphasize like 15 times just from the excerpts of legislation that I've read from these news stories is that the in, the university, quote, cannot be involved at all in any of this stuff. So like like if the like like these dudes can do this and like he can go be like like uh, Matt Corral can go be in a car commercial, but Ole Miss can have no role in facilitating that car commercial or like like setting it up or anything like that. And he can't use any of Ole Miss's logos or anything like that. Uh, the athlete he can, can say appear... he plays for Ole Miss, though. So that's the that, I yes. thought that was funny. Can't use the yes. logo, but can say that's where he plays. At, and anyway. then, like th- I saw that they can appear in a in a university commercial as long as the university. Hold on, make sure I have this right. Basically, they're basically like like in terms of how like I was like when I was reading this, I was trying to frame in my mind, like how the NCAA would still prosecute schools for breaking these rules. And it seems to me largely the same because technically air quotes, the university can have no involvement in any of this. So the way this is policed and enforced it to me is going to be no different than the, I guess, more antiquated set of rules that we've played, uh, played by the whole, like the whole time leading up to this, if that makes any sense. So the fact that they're making the university stay out of this completely, the way this is selectively policed and enforced and the rich getting richer and, other schools getting punished for like the tomorrow sleeping on a couch is going to be the university somehow being involved in money for some sort of commercial. Like that is the modernized sleeping on a couch type of sure. thing is the way I got it. And I support. So I think the NCAA now, when they have these rules and these rules are broken, need to punish them a lot stronger. You need, you need to equally. rule with a more iron fist. And, and what did you say? I'm sorry. I just said, and more equally, like right in terms of because who you now punish. everybody can do it, and now it's above board. And so, when somebody breaks the rules, you bring down the freaking fire on them because everybody, I think, everybody will support you now. If Tua Tonga Bailoa, for example, uh, I mean, he could have gotten so many endorsement deals at Alabama, but if the school is facilitating them, bring the freaking hammer down, and I'm fine with that. And I think everybody would support that, knowing that the players can get whatever they want, wherever they want it. And if the school is still breaking the rules, shoot them to the moon. And maybe they'll do that, maybe they won't. But I think they will have much greater support in their effort to do that if they wanted to. And uh, I just knocked my mic off the stand. Real passionate this morning. Um, Here's here's six little bullet points that kind of maybe outline this for you a little bit better if you're listening. This is from uh, these recommendations. It could be permissible for for a student athlete at University A to endorse a commercial product in a television commercial or social media posting provided that universities a's uniforms marks or marks do not appear in the commercial or posting basically what we said you can't use any of the logos but you can say they play there number two it would be permissible for student athlete to post content to a youtube channel blah 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 basically all these dudes that have made money from being you know popular or funny on youtube that ucf kicker comes to mind where he had to quit college sports because his youtube channel got too big and he profited off it basically just allowing shit like that Number three, it should be impermissible for, excuse me, there's a curveball. It would be impermissible for universe, however, for University A to pay athlete 
for appearing in University A commercial. So if you appear in a university-issued commercial or backed commercial, got to be free. Uh, number four, it could be permissible for a student-athlete at University A to conduct an in-person or virtual sports camp and use her name, image, and likeness to promote the camp, provided that University A's marks and facilities are not used. That's interesting. So are you going to get these kids having, like, quarterback camps and stuff, but they can't use, like, like, to me, that screams Matt Corral maybe doing that at his high school, but I don't know how that would make sense because it'd be back sure. in California. But, like, well, you, I mean, they like, have summers off and, and stuff. Some, I mean, so you're going to have a like a nor- time. Like, it's tomorrow's way to kind of get, you know, I mean, using like, like different language here, but like these athletes paid, fed, whatever you want to call it, is like having a Matt Corral or whoever the current Ole Miss quarterback is, uh, like, a yearly summer camp at Oxford High School where he makes like a lot of cash off that. Like, is that is that is that going to be a regular thing ten years from now? Yes, uh, fewer than ten years, I think. I mean that that will be, and we're going in a lot of different directions, and that's okay uh, because this is a, a layered conversation. I use that word a lot because uh, I want to get back to the competitive imbalance or lack thereof thing. But the I think the key component in this is not the college football players making money. Yes, that will be the thing that everybody talks about. That will be the most money. But in a way, they're already kind of getting it anyway. And they get treated better. And they all get full scholarships for sure. I mean, they're the kings of of a college campus, right? So it's different for them. I think the most important and the best part about this is the softball players or the baseball players or, or the, the, the men and women on the golf team or, or the women's basketball players who are not worth anything. I mean, they're not. They're not worth anything. Their, their sports don't make any money. They're not worth anything. But a guy like Braden Thornberry, uh, a girl like Caitlin Lee or Tierra McCown at Mississippi State, the, the few players that people know and recognize – can now make a little bit of extra cash teaching lessons or, or running a camp. And I think that is so important and, and so good about this. Like, I know the football thing's going to be complicated and you're going to have big-time endorsement deals, and I think they're entitled to that and they should get it, and I'm happy they are. But I'm more happy for the, the golfer who can now go teach lessons for 50 bucks an hour and put a little extra money in his pocket. It never made any sense why they couldn't do that anyway and now they can, and, and that makes me happy. I'm glad they get to do that because there's value in the ability to teach a lesson if you're a college golfer. Uh, you know, local Kathy and her son Dylan, uh, she can't, she doesn't know golf, so she can't teach her son how to play golf, but now she can go to the Ole Miss golf team and, and find a guy like Braden Thornberry and, and say, hey, will you teach my son how to play every Saturday morning, and I'll give you 50 bucks to, to teach him a lesson on Saturday mornings. I love that part of this. I can't believe they haven't been able to do it, but I'm glad they can now. Completely agree. And then the next one I was getting to those kind of piggybacking off that it could be permissible. It could be. I see. I keep seeing all these like language where you can have Lubos. It could be permissible for a student athlete at University A to be paid for making personal personal appearances, provided that University A is not involved in arranging for these appearances. University A's are not marked. Uh, A's or University A's marks, like logos and stuff, are not used, and the student-athlete is not permitted to appear in a University A's golf shirt or, or jersey or golf shirt. Very weird language they're using here. But anyway, so like along those lines, it's like, like to me, 
And when you're talking about outside of football, like I went to graduate school uh, with Ole Miss's goalie, soccer goalie at the time, Marnie Merritt. And I just kind of wonder for someone like her, like for a, a up young like girl that's a soccer fan or an Ole Miss soccer fan, like if she appears at like her birth, like the kid's birthday party or something, and the parent slips her like 50 bucks, like that type of stuff is legal. Like that was kind of what I had in my mind when I read that as well. Stuff like that. Obviously, you'll have that for football too on a much larger scale, but like that type of stuff kind of piggybacks off of what you were saying as well. So – Back to the competitive imbalancing. I think that's the, the biggest question that everybody asks, and we'll get it today on the radio show, man. It's all that – I mean, this will just separate the gap. It will be so much bigger now, and, and I think that is so inaccurate, and I think we are going to see that that's inaccurate because this is not going to change the fact that a handful of programs in the country get the best players already. You can't further separate the gap between the haves and the have-nots. They can only sign 25 players a year, and the best schools sign the best players already. They have the best facilities. They have the best coaches. They have the best booster networks that are paying the kids under the table. This is going to change nothing at all about the current landscape in competitiveness of college football because there is no competitive balance in college football. Look at the teams who have made the playoffs since they were enacted. It's the same damn teams every single year with very little exception. The teams with the most money already signed the boat, the, the best players and already win all of the games. I think, in fact, I think this is going to allow the old misses of the world to be a little bit more competitive with a handful of prospects that they've been losing. Just for example, like a Cam Akers type player. Maybe his situation was different. He just wanted to leave the state. I don't know. But Ole Miss can now have a better chance at landing a couple of these guys they lose at the last minute to these other schools because of this. If anything, it will allow them to maybe go all in on a couple of these kids. And I know that's not technically going to be legal, but that's how it's going to be done. This is going to change nothing about the competitive balance because there is no competitive balance. There is no parity. The best programs on the best players. There's a geographical element as well. Like if you look at the state of Illinois, they don't produce any players. Illinois will never, ever, 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 ever be competitive with Ohio State on an annual basis. Never. No matter how much endorsement money they could give to their players or, or what, because the state of Illinois doesn't produce any players. The state of Ohio produces players, elite-level players, every single year. And then, oh, yeah, Ohio State has more money and more boosters. It's a bigger school, et cetera, et cetera. There is no balance. There will never be a balance. The gap could not get wider because the best schools are already signing the best players. This changes absolutely nothing at all. Take a break real quick to remind you, podcast brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. You know, it is a free market, LB's meat market. They don't have any restrictions. Greg's been profiting off of his name, image, and likeness for forever. Go check them out. The best place in Mississippi to get meat. They've got steaks, custom cuts, sausages, the Keith Carter special, the Lane Train special, eight and six ounce bacon wrap fillets, all kinds of delicious sides. He's always cooking up some sort of awesome cut of meat or sausage i would uh, encourage you to check out his twitter page it'll make you incredibly hungry he's got some ready-made to-go dishes right now for you if you're on the way home and 
want to like feed the family real quick, don't feel like cooking. Uh, the meatloaf feeds a bunch of people. My whole house had it a couple weekends ago. It is fantastic. Other stuff like that. But go check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go support Greg. Local businesses need you now more than ever. Uh, kind of not necessarily transitioning away from what you were saying, but along those lines, another thing that was interesting to me is I wonder if this – I don't think it will, but I'm just spitballing out loud here if this changes the definition of a booster at all. Because obviously when it says University A, a booster is a representative by – like by definition, a booster is a someone representative of a university's athletic interests. So like someone classified as a booster isn't going to be like, hey, come like – do my car commercial and stuff like that. Like, I imagine that's not going to change, but I wonder if it changes what a booster is at all, or if it changes that definition by any, any stretch to me, if anything, it would only put more regulations on that potentially, but maybe I'm wrong. I just wonder how that's going to be like, how do you define who's a booster? And like, if, and like, if they're able to not help the kid out, but you know, ask him to do a commercial or promote a product or something like that. They're going to have to change the def or, or at least change what a booster is allowed to do. Because, I mean, in the state of Mississippi, most business owners, I would venture to guess, have some kind of vested interest in the athletic teams in this state. I, I mean, sponsors on our show on both sides are fans of both schools. You know, I that's mean, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, this I is going to have you, to change somehow, right? Like, in right. Some way. And there, they're having some kind of oversight to um, distinguish irregularities. Like if if a, a standard car commercial would pay somebody, let's say $50,000 to be their car company spokesman and a player in a different state gets a million dollars, that will be flagged and, and ruled illegal. They're going to try. They say they're not putting a cap on it, but they're also putting a cap on it by saying that if there's an irregular or an amount that is given to a player that far exceeds the value of what they're doing, then they will investigate that and deem it illegal. So if you're going to do that, you should allow boosters, somebody that's classified as a booster, to pay Matt Corral to do a car commercial, like Canon. We should use that because why the hell not? To have Matt Corral do a car commercial, even though they are a booster, because it's all above board. It's all reported. It's all within... The um, the window of what that the kind of value in that is. So why not let boosters do it if everything is reported to the school and the NCAA and it's all above board? I think that would be crazy to to disallow boosters from doing that because it's all regulated and above board. So th they'll either change the definition of a booster or change the restrictions on what a booster can do. Yeah, and it's just like a, it, like I'm from reading the excerpts of this press conference, everything that's come down. A lot of these guys don't have that. I say these guys. A lot of these people representing the NCAA don't have uh, good answers to this right now, and I think that's probably just indicative of this still has a long way to go. And you'll get a more crystallized version of what this actually is going to look like when it gets turned into proposed legislation, which, as I mentioned earlier, will happen likely in January, but sometime in early 2021. I do appreciate the NCAA basically asking for Congress's help uh, once again in covering their ass so they can't get sued in antitrust and like receive an antitrust exemption. And I saw from Ross Dellinger, Republican senator in North Carolina, who proposed a bill in Congress regarding name, image, and likeness last year. Basically, like, how about you have your lawyers handle that and not us? But just, <laughs> I don't know. That just seemed like a very on-brand NCAA move and request because what's been crucial to their business model is the like. 
college athletes not being seen as laborers so they can't be subject to antitrust lawsuits. And like if that changes, then that really drastically alters the NCAA's business model. But I found that interesting to where they just kind of asked for help for that again. And they're like, actually kick rocks like your your high powered attorneys can handle that. But I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, there'll be a lot more to like there'll be, the ripple effects of this will be felt for a while. There'll be a lot more. Uh, spins and angles and stuff will come out, but that was a pretty general kind of uh, uh, view of what has happened today. So I think uh, I think we covered that pretty well. But anyway, if nothing else, an important step forward is is brewing and coming. If if you don't consider today an actual step, just because nothing really like happened, but uh, it, it it seems inevitable and it is coming soon. Uh, a little bit back closer to the home front on the Ole Miss front, they got some basketball news that really was not shocking at all, but the possibility was out there, as we mentioned on this podcast a couple of times. But Devontae Shuler announced he will return for his senior year at Ole Miss. Uh, it probably kind of tested the uh, – not tested the draft waters. Like, that's such a vague term. But just kind of seeing what – like, kind of perusing what's out there as far as his professional future. You know, G League, overseas, stuff like that. Just gathering feedback, as most dudes do and decided to come back for his senior year. Uh, to me, this is important because if you lost Devontae Shure, then your backcourt is uh, basically, I mean, you have zero experience back there. And, you know, in college basketball, having senior veteran guards is uh, that kind of know how to play and know what to do in, in crucial moments is, is really important. But uh, along those lines, my initial thought is, you know, I don't know. They're expecting big things in terms of a scoring capacity from Jarkel Joyner. I mean, you heard they pro- I can't tell you how many times they propped his name up in practice last year about him being the best player on the team and, you know, uh, just his scoring prowess and all that. But that being said, they're going to need a little bit more of an alpha version of Schuler, like whether it's scoring or just leadership, which I think the former is probably more likely than the latter because he just kind of seems to be a quiet kid. They're going to need a more consistent version of him next year, but this is important, no doubt. I just that was the first thing that popped into my head is you're going to have to have the best version of Devonte Shore that you haven't really seen yet. For sure, I, I saw a stat today that uh, so there's 60 spots available in the NBA draft. Over 200 guys have declared for it, and I think have declared early. So, yeah, uh, crowded room. Uh, probably saw that there was no potential there, comes back to Ole Miss. But your point's a good one. It's time for him to step up now. He's got the skill set. The ability is there for him to be the leader on a team scoring-wise and dominate the basketball. He's a good defender. He's got all the skill set there to be the alpha. And now it's time to do it. Terrence Davis is gone. Brian Tyree's gone. You're the veteran. It, it should be your team. And a uh, big challenge for him. It's it's his time now, and, and if he doesn't step up, the team may struggle. But if he does, he's got the skill set to be that kind of alpha in the room and, I mean, and be a, a scoring leader in the SEC, and he's got that kind of potential. But it's time for him to to get some guts and go do it. Yeah, I, I agree. And it uh, like it, what's interesting is you've seen other parts of it. Like he played such an invaluable role on that NCAA tournament team a couple uh, two years ago by moving to point guard and kind of facilitating the offense. And, and that really helped that team go when you had, you know, guys like Terrence Davis and Brian Tyree on the wings and you've seen him be a pretty good lockdown defender. Uh, I say lockdown, a pretty good defender, really good on ball defender when healthy ever since he's really gotten here. But what you haven't seen is the scoring. And like, it's interesting. Cause you remember 
Like what Zion Williamson went on some podcast talking about the AAU team with he and John Moran and how he looked up to Schuler and how the guy was an automatic bucket and all of that. Yeah, it was uh, it was JJ Reddick's podcast actually. Um, yeah, the the Ringer podcast. You just haven't seen like you hear about the scoring you heard about it in high school. You just haven't seen that at a consistent rate at the college level. You've seen it a little bit in flashes the first couple games of the 2019-2020 season this past year uh, kind of come to mind. But you just haven't seen that on a consistent level from him, and that's what you're going to need to see next year to some degree. And if you do, and Joyner is half as, uh, half as good as they're advertising, then you've kind of got something back there. But you need Schuler to be a better scorer than he's been the last couple of years. That's going to be huge for them next year. Yeah, it is. Um, it's good for Ole Miss, though. It, it, what do you think's been holding him back? As far because, like we said, the abilities there. I mean, the the number one overall pick said he and the number two overall pick took a backseat to this kid on their AAU team because he was that talented and that ability had that kind of scoring ability. What is holding him back? Is it just the injury in the nagging level of that injury, or maybe? Because there's been some alphas in the room that he hasn't felt the ability to take over, or, or what? What do you do? You have any I idea? I think what it's it could a combination be? of a couple of things, but in terms of just crystallizing it to like one, like thing, I don't know, and I don't think the coaching staff kind of. I mean, they definitely know better than like like you or I. But from just asking people and stuff like that, like when he was really struggling at times last year, just asking you know people and kind of mulling around and being like, you know, what what's kind of up here. You never really got a clear answer. It was just a number of different things from on the court stuff to like not really off the court issues, but just kind of stuff going on. Like, like he's not like a kid's a good kid. He's not a troublemaker at all, but just like, you know, sometimes life happens in some ways. I guess I'll just leave it at that. But like you just never my point being is you just never really got a clear, concise answer. And so I don't know. I think it's probably a combination of, you know, he's had the foot thing and a couple other things you've had, you know. He's never been he hasn't been asked to be the primary volume scorer yet, um, and then just you know he just kind of disappears at times. So I I really I don't know. It, I think it's probably a combination of a couple different things, but uh, it it is puzzling. But you know it's good news for Ole Miss with without it without a doubt. But uh, it's just interesting. Like what it, what version of Devon? Like to me, I always like to play the game particularly in Ole Miss baseball, it, like going into a season is like, give me two guys numbers for the year. And I can tell you where this team goes and like picking those guys to me, Shuler is a hundred percent. One of those guys, what is he like scoring wise assist to turnover a couple other numbers? If you can give me that, you can probably get a good, pretty decent idea of where this team goes next year. To me, he would definitely be one of those guys if you were picking. Yeah. Oh man. So are they still, um, active on the recruiting trail, the transfer market right now? Um, I think they're still kind of looking, but, uh, you know, since the Landers, Nolly, Landers Nolly kid went to Memphis, he, uh, uh, no, like that, like the, that was kind of one they were in the mix on. They're probably still always looking, but if they went into next year with the current team that they have as is, it wouldn't shock me either. It's kind of just one of the, like, they're still actively kind of looking around, but it, they're not in a position anymore. Or we're like, hey, we have to go get one more thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Seems like a, a roster that they should be able to win with next year. I know the league has really just recruiting efforts around the SEC have really amplified, and somehow, um, magically, they're still doing it at LSU. Uh, I mean, I guess 
um, FBI investigations and documentaries and all that stuff can't slow you down. Uh, once you're in the game, I guess the only way you get out is in a box. But um, do you think he's doing enough in recruiting? Only, I mean, yeah, we're going into year three. But with the way the rest of the SEC has elevated their ability to recruit potential NBA players the way they have, has enough happened at Ole Miss to continue to be competitive in the league? Knowing that he's a better floor coach than most of the guys around the league that have better players, but still. Yeah, I think they have. I mean, I think they have. Like last year's, to his credit, Last year's roster looked a hell of a lot different than the one on the NCAA tournament team. This year's roster is going to look a hell of a lot different than the one last year did. It's just last year they missed on some a couple kids. Just kind of is what it is. I mean, you're going to see it with the roster attrition and who goes and who who doesn't. But they just didn't get contributions from a couple of kids that they thought they were going to get them from. So you know, in this modern age of college basketball, where you have such ridiculous roster turnover on a year to year basis, there's uh. He's doing, I think he's doing enough. I think he's trying. I think they're kind of in the hunt for the right type of kids. He just, like that team last year just didn't fit what a Kermit Davis team's DNA is. And he said that all the time. And they weren't tough. They sucked on the road. They didn't really rebound well. Like he's got to find guys that kind of fit what made his teams good at middle. And two years in, and you can't really, not two years in, because you can't really fault him for the roster the first year, even though they ended up being pretty good. He just hasn't exactly been able to find that yet. So, you know, give it a couple more years and kind of see if he's actually able to do that. But I think he's on the right path with some of these kids for sure. Well, it's good to know because the league just keeps getting better. Until the NCAA shoots LSU to the moon. I kind of feel like that's coming, but uh, I think they're the only one anyway. Yeah, they got a lot on their plate right now. Uh, But, yeah, the league is certainly getting better. But, you know, it's not like they were just completely – like, like it's not like they were a perennial bottom feeder last year, even though their record sucked. I mean, they were in the game. Like, they were in games against the league's best teams. They just couldn't finish them off. And then they were just really not a very mentally tough team and stunk on the road. But, like, even that team's last year was competitive in the league. They just couldn't finish off games. But, uh, anyway, that's good news for Ole Miss. Chewer comes back for, uh, for his senior season. The last thing we really had to get to today was Keith Carter – uh, mentioned yesterday uh, kind of maybe a little bit of a guideline in terms of how they're planning to get guys back. He said they hope to have athletes on campus uh, by July 1st to kind of get people in shape, and that being a key date for football on time. The other main thing he said was that they so far there hadn't been really any conversations about moving the game and the season over against Baylor in Houston to anywhere else. Those were kind of the two main takeaways, but like to me, he's probably not alone in his thinking like as far as July 1st, trying to get kids back on campus, and that being a pretty uh, pretty good indicator of whether college football will start on time or close to on time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious if that'll actually happen, but I do appreciate the fact that they're not being uh, hyper-reactive. You're seeing it in Europe a little bit with these soccer leagues. They're already canceling leagues for the year, and it's just, man, it's not even May yet. They don't have to make these decisions right now, and but the way things are going around here, it feels like by the time September rolls around, you'll have other sports going on. And college athletics is a little bit different because your campuses have to be open, but there's momentum in that too. I mean, there's a dozen or more major colleges out there that play major college football 
are openly talking about how they're preparing to open campus this fall and bring students back. Even Purdue, in their in the story that came out when Purdue announced they were coming back in the fall, they straight up said there is no risk to college age students. So I found that fascinating. They're the first one that was like, yeah, it's not going to hurt our kids. So they're coming back. And, and by know, then, so many things are going to change, too. I mean, we've been at this for, what, six, seven weeks? People are working on And we we won't have a vaccine by then, it doesn't sound like. But people are working on treatments and stores and restaurants and, and retail. And, and all these people are adding in. Uh, like social distancing marks on the floor and and like there's barriers between the cashiers and the people now and everybody's supposed to be and generally are wearing masks when they go in public. We are doing the necessary things to make sure it doesn't spread, it seems. So by August, I mean, it's only April still. Uh, so many things can change between now and then. Bad, of course, but also really good. So not canceling uh, makes sense, but even preparing for the fall to start um, is is going to be common. You will have more schools start as regular if the momentum continues in the fall than the alternative. I agree, and it's interesting. Uh, like, there, obviously, nothing's concrete. And the the to me, there's no better example of you seeing that is like you know, Major League Baseball is you know at worst the third most popular league in america like in american sports gigantic billion dollar industry has now i mean you think about the amount of plans that they've had and the types of plans that they had that have changed in just the last like three weeks i mean they've gone from we're going to play in arizona we're going to play in florida and arizona we're going to play in florida texas and arizona to we're going to play in home stadiums with uh, realigned divisions and limiting travel i mean just three drastically different plans in three weeks and guess what three weeks from now uh, you know, whether it's the MLB or someone else, they're going to have three drastically different plans from that. This keeps changing so rapidly, making concrete declarations on anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Does it make any sense? So, like, I, I think what Keith Carter said yesterday is probably what a lot of ADs are thinking. Like, let's see if we can get these kids on campus July 1st. If not, you know, if things change, we'll adapt from there. Uh, you know, that's just kind of a guideline. It's nothing concrete. But it is an important date with regards to football starting on time. Let's just kind of see what happens. That's what I took out of yesterday. And I think it's a smart way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. There's just no reason to be making sweeping uh, assertions really one way or the other. I, I expect us to play football this fall at some point, but it's not um, anything set in stone. Making sweeping assertions right now is, um, is a really stupid thing to do. And so it's good to see that that's not happening here. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing we had to get to today was uh, that we have aliens and UFOs, the Pentagon. You know, we'd seen these videos before, or at least some version of it, but the Pentagon declassified a couple of military videos that where they spotted UFOs. It's basically this, like, saucer-looking object going hundreds of, or 23,000 miles per hour I saw on the news last night. Uh, I don't understand this, but, like, it just seems like they released this. Like, yeah. These things, we don't know what the hell they are. Maybe aliens, probably real, and no, didn't really seem to move the needle very much. Man, it's because they're, I'm telling you, it's because they're normalizing it. They are slowly releasing these videos and making them normal and mainstream because they're preparing us for the realization one day that they visited Earth and we've communicated with them and 
that are real. That's coming. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there. If they have uh, little spaceships that go as fast as I saw it on the news last night, literally said 23,000 miles per hour. If we and it's like 23, 20 something times the speed of sound. If they have things that could go that fast, they probably have a vaccine for the coronavirus. Is there any way we could like ring these clowns up and get past this? I just don't understand why we're like, like, like keeping this under the rug. Why don't we normalize this and see if these whoever these things are can help us? That that was my attitude towards it. They probably are the ones that brought it to us. I mean, maybe. I mean, but that whether it's that or some kind of bat or wet market, whatever, whatever your theory may be, I'm just saying we should explore all options here. So, uh, yeah, I, I found the, the videos fascinating. Like, I was like, what in the... And it, like, bothers me that we don't know what the hell that is, or at least the common, the common idiot like you and I does not know what that is. I would like for someone smart to tell me exactly what that is and what it was doing there, and I'm not getting answers. Yeah. Well, so, uh... Have you listened to that Joe Rogan podcast where one of those fighter pilots talked for like an hour and 20 minutes about his experience? No, but I'm probably going to do that today or tonight now. I, I, one of y'all mentioned that on the radio show yesterday. I just haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to listen to it because his quotes in the news story about where he's like, I swear I'm not drinking. I just have never like I've been in the military for 18 years, never seen anything like that. Like when you dumbfound a guy like that, I feel like it's something probably pretty incredible. Yeah. It's not a fighter pilot. It's the fighter pilot in one of the videos. So they released multiple. There's been like six or seven of them that are out now. And he's one of the guys in the plane. And he, I mean, the way he describes its movement will blow your mind. And he's still active, I believe. Um, Either way, one of the guys in the planes, hour and 20 minutes or so, and it is just like draw jaw-dropping. Because he doesn't make any crazy assertions, right? Like there, the other uh, podcast that Rogan did with um, that guy that claims he worked in Area 51 and like compressed these, uh, the, like the alien ship's fuel and like found that it was an element that we didn't discover for 30 years later. Like that guy, that He's guy's out yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is just a, a fighter pilot who who doesn't make any assertions like that. He just says, this is what the ship was. This is what it was shaped like. This is how it moved. And nothing on Earth can do that. That is wild to me. Like, where is this coming from? Where did it fly to? Where did it land? Like, I would like answers to this. And everyone just seems to be mesmerized by the fact that it was spotted. Can we get like some answers as to where this thing went? Where is it today? Is it still flying? I don't understand any of this. And oh, the fact still that it was flying somewhere. Yeah. The fact that it was like 50 feet above the water and then just basically went straight up into the stratosphere in a matter of seconds. I don't understand that. I don't understand any of this. I would I would like some answers on this. So I hope hope the nerds can get to work for me on that one. But I think that's about all we had today. Um, I want if aliens eat meat, they should eat it at LB's uh, University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, remind you one more time, there's no better way during this whole social distancing age to uh, to kind of properly socially distance and go throw something on the grill, hang out, enjoy the sun, enjoy the weather. Let Greg and LBs help you do that. Go check him out. Go check him out. He, uh, he's got all kinds of stuff. Grill packs, sausages, custom cuts, Keith Carter special, Lane Train special, all kinds of great stuff. You can find your favorite cuts of meat at LBs University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, Borky and I will be on the radio this afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi 3 
to 6 p.m. We'll be back at it for Mailbag Friday. Maybe we'll have some alien answers by then. Maybe we'll have some more uh, clarity on this name, image, and likeness stuff. Who's to say? But uh, Borky and I will be back at it Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Get your Mailbag Friday questions in. Uh, more traditional Mailbag Friday this week. Last week with the draft was a little different. But tweet us, text us, email us, whatever. Uh, get them in. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back at it on Friday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.